With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Reality and Christ Worship Radio. I'm your host, Thomas Smith. And I want to thank everyone for joining me today. Today's going to be a short show, probably about 45 minutes or less. Uh, going to talk about forgiveness. But before I go into that, we are still going to have a little bit of worship and word and um and open up with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father, I want to thank you just for another opportunity to wake up, another opportunity to broadcast Reality in Christ Worship Radio. Lord, I thank you that despite all the things that are going on at this point in time, Lord God, that as a believer, as believers, we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear for the coming unknown. For we already know that our victory is in you. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to spread love and encouragement And I thank you that you have forgiven us for our trespasses through your Son, Jesus Christ. We give you glory, honor, and praise in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. This first song is a powerful testimony to forgiveness, the healing power and the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is one of my favorite songs. It's C.C. Wine and Alabaster Rock. Her 
Worship Radio. And now, the best part of the show is actually getting in the Word. And today, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I ask that Whoever listens to this message today will be encouraged that that they would understand, Lord God, truly and fully the extent of the price that you pay through your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that with this message today that it will bring true clarity and understanding of just what your forgiveness is and why we should forgive others as well as ourselves. Holy Spirit, I pray that you prepare hearts and you be a tremendous blessing through this message in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Romans 5.8, and it says this, God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I'm going to break that scripture down just a little bit before I go into my main scripture reading, which is going to be Mark 11. His love, the first part of that scripture, God commended his love towards us. That first part right there means this. He extended his forgiveness to us. His love is his forgiveness for us. In that while we were yet, the word were, W-E-R-E, is past tense. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
And if you're wondering what I mean by past tense, it means we were sinners. But as Paul said in Romans, through the sin of man, through through the actions of man, sin entered into the world. But yet, through the sacrifice of another, sin was destroyed. And does that mean people don't make a choice to sin once they've been forgiven? Yes, it happens every day. There are people who have not accepted the gift of salvation who don't even know that they've been set free. And here's the crazy thing about it. A lot of Christians don't fully understand that those who have not accepted the free gift of salvation have also been set free. But that just stems from so many um, different teachings. You know, there's a teaching over here that says God, before the foundations of the world, predestined those who would be saved and, and others that they would be condemned to hell. And we know that's not the case. God's no respecter of persons. He said that three times in his word. He's no respecter of persons. But folks, let me let me break it down to you like this. When we were under the sin nature of before Jesus paid the price, that was our excuse. Here's the problem. When we sin today, we are without excuse because Jesus paid the price. And I know there are those who like to talk about sins of omission and commission, but you need to understand that was under the sin nature. That is the reason why the Levitical priests always had to sprinkle the the blood on the mercy seat for all the sins. And he himself had to tie a bell around his legs because if he had any unrepentant sin in his heart, when he came before the Ark of the Covenant in the mercy seat, the Bible says he just would drop dead just like that, and they had to pull him out by the rope. Folks, that's, that was serious stuff. That was very serious stuff. But now, let me turn this up a little, uh, another level. You imagine the sin of every single possible person that ever was, ever could 
that upon himself. You can't even comprehend that. It's trying to wrap your head around that in and of itself should make you want to say, whoa, Lord, here I am. But a lot of times we're, we just, we just pass, pass it off as a fleeting, you know, oh, he saved me. Folks, he did more than that. Not only did he save us, forgive us, he made forgiveness available for us in that we now can forgive others. And I wanna I wanna clearly explain Mark eleven. When Jesus was teaching this, he was still teaching from the context of the Levitical law. Because the Levitical law did say, if you don't forgive others their trespasses, you can't be forgiven. And then there's also the parable of the wicked servant who owes the master some money and uh, he begged and pleaded for mercy and the master had mercy on him. And then the same, and this is what makes the servant wicked. The wicked servant had another another individual who owed him about the equivalent of five or ten dollars. See, the wicked servant owed the master like the equivalent of several thousands of dollars. Don't know the exact number, something like that. But when this individual who owed him money begged for mercy, just like the wicked servant begged of the master, the wicked servant said, no, I am going to throw you in jail until you pay your debt. And he did. And the Bible says that when the master found out he was enraged, he went and found, or he had the wicked servant brought to him. And the wicked servant actually begged for mercy again. But this time, the master threw him in jail. Let me under, let me explain to you what not forgiving others does to you today. See, once we're forgiven, which we were forgiven through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God cannot go back and unring that bell. But what does happen, unforgiveness opens you up to sickness, disease, demonic tormentation. And it also breaks God's heart because you're suffering and he made, he forgave you through his 
Son, Jesus Christ. That's what we got to understand. And it is very important that we forgive others. You know, there are individuals who I don't like, but I don't hate them. Hate was something that used to consume me. And I still have to be careful every now and then. But I make a choice to choose to forgive those who have hurt me. And quite frankly, I choose to forgive stupid people. Oh, that's not nice. You shouldn't call people stupid. Sometimes, if the shoe fits, but at the end of the day, it comes down to one thing. Right is right, wrong is wrong. And if you don't read, if you don't forgive, you give the enemy direct access and permission to wreak havoc and destroy your life. I know, folks, I'm speaking from, I'm speaking from experience. It was so bad that I actually asked for forgiveness from people who wronged me. And what I did not know at the time was that I ended up by doing that, taking on spiritual things and burdens that had nothing to do with it. But the problem was that I did not fully understand what access I had in Christ. I wasn't being taught that. But what I was being told, serve and God will use you. It's like I tell people, and not to my own horn, but having in mind that thinks and processes things like a computer. I was asking myself this question. Okay, I'm serving, but things are not changing in my life. What's the problem? And when you want to know the problem, God will tell you. And what he revealed to me was that my spiritual life was out of whack. And so it directly led to me struggling to hold down jobs. Every time something bad happened, I ran fearful of people, many, 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 many other things. It even it even led me over to wanting to be a people pleaser, all kinds of stuff. But what happened when I when it clicked, I went too far to the extreme. 
What do I mean by that? I allowed hatred to penetrate my heart. And from about 2007 to December 12th of 2010, yeah, I went to church. I listened to Christian music. But, folks, I'm going to just be real with you because I still prayed. I fellowshiped with the Lord. I hated Christians. That's how much unforgiveness and bitterness I had in my heart. But on December 12, 2010, at this little church, something broke. And I yelled, Lord, I am sick and tired of being angry. Here, you take this. And a lot of the congregants wasn't even really sure what to do. So my friend, Rosalind, who was going to church there at the time, told them, go lay hands on them and pray for them because God is doing something, which he was. And I cried so hard that my head hurt. But that was the catalyst that broke the years and years and years and years of bitterness and unforgiveness. And today, yeah, I still get mad. I still get angry. But guess what? I get over it quickly. There's there's people of there's people of certain political persuasions that I don't like. But I don't hate them. That's the difference. Now on the other hand, I would probably say that these individuals would Probably hate me, but that's fine. That's their choice. I may not like them, but I still love them, and I choose to want the best for them. That's what drives me. I'm also driven by the fact that though I probably will never have an immediate family of my own, if I could have a positive and loving impact on just one person in this world, then I've done my job. I'm real as raw as and as raw as it can get. I don't sugarcoat things and I don't try to be something that I'm not. But one thing I can say is that for the first time in my life, love I have for people is real. I can say that. Because I care, and it's because God received the bitterness and the anger that I held on to. So when you read Matthew, 
are Mark 11, verses 25 through 28. Folks, I want you to keep in mind, one, when Jesus was quoting, when Jesus was teaching that, he was teaching from the context of the law. Two, he had not yet been crucified. If you really think about it, after his resurrection, the Bible really only says he spent time with the disciples and many others. He didn't really say what he did. I think one of the Gospels may allude to him performing miracles, but it didn't go into detail. But he did say that he must go so that he could send a comforter. And 50 days after his, 50 days after his ascension, you know, the Holy Spirit came, and the rest they say is history. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and our comforter. Ministers of the gospel are not the Holy Spirit. They're actually supposed to bring confirmation to what God speaks to our hearts, not the other way around. That's why Paul said, no man is your teacher but the Holy Spirit. Because forgiveness in and of itself, forgiveness from the Lord Jesus Christ, forgiveness that we give to others, is what this entire word is all about. The foundation of the word of God is love and forgiveness, folks. James 2.13 says this. And I'll quote the King James Version. Judgment is without mercy for those who have not shown mercy. For mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy, forgiveness, forgiveness, mercy, they can be interchangeable, folks. In Jesus, is forgiveness. The greatest gift of forgiveness that we could potentially, that we ever receive was Jesus Christ. And it's that simple. And as you read, like I said, as you read Mark 11, about 22 through 28, keep in mind what I said, because we were, we already been forgiven through Calvary, and the only way that would apply today is if God went back and unrung the bell. We truly need to 
understand what the word of God is saying. It's one thing to take what is said said at face value. It's a whole nother thing to take it at face value and then truly dig in, ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what this is saying. Folks, we have that ability and that permission as well to go boldly before the throne of grace, ask God questions, tell God what's on your heart in any way you need to. The Bible says come as you are. When you're angry, you go to God angry. God, this is upsetting me, and I'm angry about it. Folks, nothing we say or do will surprise him. He doesn't mind. You know why? He doesn't mind us coming to him as we are. You know why? Because that's how you build a relationship. And I got a, I got a news flash for all the false teachers out there. Our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is not a one-way street. It's not. And maybe if you shut up sometimes enough, you'll actually hear God saying, uh, may I bless you. Stop building your own kingdom. One that's not built on love, but built on materialism. Nothing wrong with that. But when it's done in a way that's destructive to others, that's not the love of God. Love and forgiveness is the very foundation of who God is, and there is nothing no one can do or say to change that. Because out of his love and forgiveness comes healing, prosperity, um, sanctification, holiness, and I could go on. Because guess what, folks? And I got to address this. Pastors quit preaching that we have to position ourselves to receive from God if we're not right. Because it's in the midst of our relationship when we're seeking him that we start to change, not before and not after. It's in the midst of it. It does not work. I spent many years trying to change to be positioned right with God. And guess what, folks? I sunk deeper into depression and despair because everything I was trying to do It never worked, and it didn't work because I did not know that my righteousness was not of me, but my righteousness was not my own, but the righteousness of Christ Jesus. That Jesus Christ 
traded my righteousness for his. And that all I had to do was just seek him, grow in him, study, meditate, chew on his word, ask questions, because that's what I do. And I go to him. I ask the Lord questions. And what's really funny is that when I ask him the questions and he gives me the answers, he then sends pastors and preachers to confirm what he said. Oh, what a noble concept. God's love is real. His forgiveness is real, folks. Receive it, partake of it. And to those who have not accepted, do. Do that. Ladies, gentlemen, why are you standing in the prison cell with the door wide open? The door is wide open. All you have to do is walk to your freedom. And salvation is the starting line, not the end result. It's the starting line. And, folks, it doesn't actually start with what you're not supposed to do. We as believers in Christ, when we lead individuals to the Lord, we need to actually start start the narrative with what people get to do in Christ. Unfortunately, Many of us don't know because we've been so programmed to say, well, now you're saved, you can't do this, 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 and this. There's a very famous passage that people use as an indicator that we're still sinners. And that scripture is where Paul said sometimes I do that which I don't want to do and that which I should do I don't do. Does anybody know what Paul was talking about? Paul was talking about situations where, okay, you're not supposed to steal. Someone tell you don't steal. But the instant you're told not to steal, your flesh rises up and wants to steal. That's the old nature of the law. And then folks use where Jesus said, I do not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. To mean that, you know, the Ten Commandments, we're still to applicate them and live by them. Both the Ten Commandments came was given to us 
own sin in our life. That's what it does. And that's what it did. But this is the question that I have for you. If we're too busy having sin exposed in our life, where's there time to actually see the radiance and the love and the beauty of Jesus Christ in our life? Because you can't have both. One is going to dominate the other. And I'm sure with this message today, I'm stepping on a lot of toes, but got to go where the Lord is leading me. Because we have too many people who are professing believers who are still in bondage. And the bondage that they're in today is that they still do not have an idea that they've been forgiven. They torment themselves. The enemy torments them. And every little situation that happens to them makes them feel less than adequate. And, folks, I have to say enough is enough. We have the power and the authority in Christ Jesus to affect change all about us, but, you know, most of the time, situation in our country, you know, conditions of our nation, and we want to crawl, ball uh, ourselves up in a fetal position. Enough is enough. We have the power of love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. We have the authority in Christ Jesus. And my question to everyone is this. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And with that, that is my message for today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this abbreviated episode of Reality in Christ Worship Radio. And... I'm going to end with a couple of songs.
Thank you. 
And I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week to Reality in Christ Worship Radio. I know the message was a little harder than, you know, but hey, when the Lord leads you in the direction, you've got to follow. I just hope that for those who choose to listen, they will search the scripture, search their hearts in prayer to see what I'm saying. Don't take my word for it. Father, thank you once again for the opportunity to just uh, speak your word and be a word of encouragement. Lord, my desire is to see that people truly understand that there's freedom in you, not in the pleasures of this world, not in the pleasures of having, having unfeathered power or whatever. Father, that true freedom is in Christ Jesus, your Son. Father, we thank you for Romans 5, 8. You making forgiveness and your love available to us when we were sinners for you choosing to lay down the life of your Son. For us who really were not worthy. But Father, here's the ultimate praise that you bestowed upon us. Your love made us worthy. And I pray that people will come to know their identity. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tune in next week for another episode of Reality in Christ Worship Radio. Good night. God bless. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.